This is the K-pop cast, a K-pop podcast where we talk about trends in K-pop, hot news items, we do music reviews, and we're doing a more serious take for this episode. We're going to be commenting on a trend, specifically we're going to be looking at the Seawolf Ferry incident and how K-pop has responded to that national tragedy. Uh, joining us for this episode, we're joined by Tamar Herman. Thank you, Tamar, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're just especially grateful that, you know, you carved out the time to, to meet with us. We know that we're on different time zones. For those of you who don't know, Tamar Herman is kind of a big deal. She is the co-founder of Cult Scene. She's also a Billboard uh, contributor and a host on another podcast known as the Nice Jewish fangirls um but tamar has like rubbed shoulders and shaken hands with like everyone big in k-pop i mean tamar i you know the other day i saw that you were just you know hanging out with bts you know no big deal yeah that was a, a good time right there we were trying to make sure that we were scheduling this episode that didn't conflict with your other you know important k-pop commitments and you're you're also seeing bap later so you know uh, yeah we thought like you know that's okay we can work around that schedule knowing that you're meeting with bap uh, well yeah i hope i'm meeting with them they're coming to, to new york they were supposed to come here tonight but the rain messed everything up so their flight got stuck in atlanta according to a few friends of mine who are crazy BAP stands. I, d- I had no idea this was going on. I was like, oh, they'll just come in for the concert. The concert's on Saturday. And then I get like a text like, they're stuck in Atlanta. Are you sure you're going to the concert? And I was just like, it's Thursday night. I think I'm still going to this Thursday- Saturday night concert, but who knows? <laughs> so we'll yeah. see. Hopefully they'll make it. Thank you so much, Tamara, again, for joining us. If this is your first time listening, the voice you're listening to now is DJ Peter Lowe. I'm a K-pop DJ, and I'm joined by my other recurring show host, Supermatic. What's going on, Supermatic? Hey, everyone. How y'all doing? It's your resident K-pop b-boy, Supermatic, in the house. So this will be a more serious episode that we tend to treat with reverence, as well as to demonstrate the role of K-pop in the wake of a tragedy. Last year, Tamar Herman wrote a story on this very issue, remarking, and Tamar, this is me quoting your story, but you wrote, The effect of any tragedy on art is profound, but it's particularly striking that fans are looking towards K-pop, a musical style that is often perceived as artistically shallow, to find some connection to the youth who have passed away during the Seawolf Fairies sinking. Sounds much better when you read it than when I write it, and I'm just like, oh, okay. (laughs) This is the voice that I hear in my head whenever I'm reading your stories. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I did want to write about Seoul. It was quite an impactful thing. Like I remember I was reporting for one site during the tragedy, and for pretty much a whole month, the K-pop industry came to a halt. And last year, I just remember there was a lot of, not hype, but there were a lot of people commenting on these music videos. Not not every music video, clearly, but uh, every once in a while, there'd be something that people would be like, oh, there's something about Sewell in this. And, and sometimes it was definitely on purpose. Um, in particular, I think the ones coming out of SM Entertainment, which was a bit shocking. Those ones were uh, a lot of songs from SM were yeah. based about Sewell. Um and but like sometimes they weren't but I just thought it was really fascinating that people were looking for hope in k-pop and which makes sense it's k-pop is the dominant music genre right now in Korea so the fact that people were looking for some sort of hope or artistic reflection from it made a lot of sense to me and I just really wanted to commemorate kind of what had happened and what what the artists were doing or what the production teams were doing to remember everybody mm-hmm. who died not just the the teenagers but definitely mostly the teenagers i mean the the big tragedy of Seoul was that hundreds i think it was a hundred or so teenagers from one school literally the whole generation from that school was lost in moments and 
that that was kind of what hit Korea the most. And also, like, they, they could have left, but they were told by elders not to leave the ship. And they were told essentially not to flee, that you'll be safe. And that was something that I think a lot of young Koreans are, our generation of Koreans, didn't really, they wouldn't have disagreed with it, but then they kind of realized, like, why did they do that? Why do we listen to authorities so much? Like, shouldn't we rebel yeah. a little? And I think some people were kind of looking to music for a little bit of rebellion and and all these songs that just have a little reference, not a big one sometimes, to Sewol mm-hmm. and to the tragedy. Yeah. I think that people were just kind of looking for it anywhere. Like, how is K-pop, which is a youth-oriented genre responding to this youth tragedy right. maybe backing up just a little bit really briefly mm-hmm. just for maybe the listeners who may have lightly heard about it on the news but aren't you know so familiar with what actually happened mm-hmm. um supermatic maybe do you want to just give like a really quick summary of like what what the issues were and and uh, what happened during the event yeah sure so there was a seawall ferry incident and what happened is that investigators into it found out that the ship was carrying twice the legal limit of cargo when it sank the captain and crew were rescued but then the students who were on the trip or who were on the ferry for a field trip were told to stay in place which resulted in many lives being lost especially right. that youthful life yeah and the ferry's captain was later sentenced to life in prison after an appeals court found him guilty of committing murder through willful negligence and yeah. recently uh around two weeks ago i believe the ferry itself was recently brought to shore right from its uh capsized spot and it's still being worked on as i uh, as we speak i believe they're proceeding to try and move it to a dock where they can further investigate and f- see what they can find yeah in particular they're looking mm-hmm. for i believe it was nine of the missing bodies yes there were nine bodies that were never yeah, found right mm-hmm. so tamar you mentioned that you know as soon as this happened, there was like a sort of like halt on, you know, K-pop activity. I mean, what was the immediate like industry reaction uh, to the tragedy? Um, the Sewol sunk on April 14th. And actually, I, I think I wrote this in my article. That was the same day that Block B released Jackpot. And April tends to be a really full month for K-pop. It's the first month of the second quarter of um, the new year. So April tends mm-hmm. to have a lot of releases, and we actually are having that right now. A lot of big names are, are putting out releases. But come April 14th, Jackpot came out, and then the country went into mourning. And it's not – I don't know if it's similar to kind of how the U.S. responded to 9-11 afterwards, but, like, just the whole country, there was there was a lull over it. It was, it was rude, essentially, to make people – happy by releasing new music it was seen as a little bit of a of a shame i guess for there to be comedy on television i think sitcoms also stopped running and like variety shows were put to halt for a while like just people were trying to respect this horrible tragedy that affected a a lot of families and and in korea i think this is something that a lot of people might not know but in korea a hundred students dying is like a good percentage of a year in a generation. Like yeah. Korea doesn't have a lot of students. It's it's kind of why there's so much compet- competition there. Um, uh-huh. But because they have such a, a relative small population, 100 students dying is is an epic loss. So, and, yeah. and also just, I mean, other people died too. But pretty much the whole industry went into mourning for a month and gradually things came back to life. So... Block B released Jackpot on April 14th, and then EXO came back with Overdose on May 7th, and they were the first group 
they were the first mainstream K-pop act to release something. I think there was some other releases or indie artists kind of got back into things, but like from the big K-pop names that people would expect to have released new music then, um, there was just like a halt. And I, I think it was music shows were on halt for like almost uh-huh. a month. And it was just a very weird time. I, I vaguely remember every day waking up and checking the news is K-pop back. And it's, in, in retrospect, I'm like ashamed of that because that was what was important to me to see if there was something I could write about. Like uh-huh. it, it was the news that I was getting paid to write. And I would every day get up and be like, nope, this company's saying they're pushing off this song release because out of respect for the people who passed away, um, out of respect for the tragedy. And it, it was really admirable that the, the industry recognized that this, it wasn't just limited to the families of people who who lost people. It was a colossal tragedy for the whole country because it highlighted the failure of, I guess, their society. And there seems to have been some concerns of bribery and corruption going on. And I don't know if you followed the recent impeachment of the president, but there was also yeah. some rumors, supposedly, that the president, like had people killed on the Sewol as like a weird shamanistic sacrifice. I, I It's just people didn't react well to Sewol and it, and it was larger than, it wasn't larger than the immediate tragedy, but it was has a longer lasting effect than you think one accident would uh, because yeah. it was a particular sort of accident and tragedy. Definitely. I mean, it, it was a catalyst for many different things. Um, I think as we'll explore further on, on this episode. It's funny, you know, all these different labels and, Idols, you know, they cease a lot of activity out of, you know, respect for the, you know, the tragedy. And it, it's it's only the way you really can sometimes like more, sort of make sense immediately after the fact. You need to sort of like stop everything you're doing. Um, in my day job in public relations, a lot of times when we, you know, see something hitting uh, American news in a really, you know, strong, adverse way, um, we always sort of stop everything we're doing. Just to sort of like pause, you know, make sense that we're not, you know, being impolite or inappropriate. But there were a few songs, right, that came out, you know, right around this tragedy that were, you know, planned ahead of the tragedy or released right before it. But given their proximity to this event, their songs seem to take on a new meaning. And, and Tamara, I know you wrote about this uh, last year in your story. Yeah, I think one one song in particular that people search for meaning for and and kind of we're told no it wasn't there but keep looking if you want was Kim Sung Yoo's Control, Sung Yoo from Infinite. He released Control and the music video had a lot of imagery about youthful death and there were yellow ribbons and there were life jackets and there was a reference to at least one one of the two characters in the music video drowning uh, and a lot of people and there was also a, a references to not being able to return home. And, and a lot of people in Korea just saw this as a reference to the youth who had passed away. Sungyu denied that it was a had been an intended reference, but he did uh-huh. say that, that there are many ways to interpret art and he hoped that people would continue, keep on looking. Yeah. So I, I, I watched the music video multiple times and I, I can see why a lot of people thought it was. I can also see why, how it's... Perhaps not. It's also about like controlling your life and controlling the environment around you. Yeah. 
other other music videos were just like blatant in in their references. Red Velvets is probably shocking to some people because I feel like Red Velvets and SM Entertainment as a whole are not necessarily seen as like a hyper political company. Um, right. But I think I think one of I think one of you guys have another song to talk about. But in one of these nights by Red Velvet, the music video I at first thought this music video was about Disney princesses. Like there was the outfits fit, and like there was Rapunzel in a boat thing that Yeri was doing, but it 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 wasn't, and it was very in your face about the fact that this probably most likely definitely referenced the Sewell sinking. Um, uh-huh. there were multiple scenes dealing with water. Joy was wearing the yellow dress that represents the yellow memorial ribbon for right. several victims. She was the only one in certain scenes who were in certain places while other members were elsewhere, sometimes shadowed, sometimes wearing white outfits that kind of, uh, recall shrouds. And, mm. oh, so there was a, there was a few references to people hiding and and water coming in to the the area and they're not being yeah. able to get away uh, but most I think the one that really was just like oh SM meant to do this was there was a sign on the wall that says AIS on 1516 AIS is an automatic identification system and it helps track ships and the sales AIS was probably not functioning properly that was a concern that caused the ship to sink so I think Sungyu's was probably people looking to find meaning. I think Red Velvet, one of these nights, the art director at least, wanted people Mm -hmm. to look into this and see we're commemorating this. And the song itself is about lovers that are separated. It's based on a the the Korean title seven the seventh day of the seventh month is a is a fame is a Korean holiday that commemorates the two lovers who aren't able to ever meet except one night a year. It has something to do with astronomy and I don't really get it. You can Google the story. But so pretty much the song itself is about people who are not able to meet each other when they want to, which is oh, essentially is how the families and the victims weren't are no longer able to meet. So it was very poignant, yeah. and yeah. I really liked the music video and the song. It's a good song too. <laughs> yeah. One of these songs that was released around, you know, this time of the Seawolf Ferry incident that, again, wasn't written to respond to the tragedy specifically, but because of the timing of its release, everyone kind of associates it with the tragedy itself. And it sort of helps, you know, I think, a lot of listeners and those uh, affected by the tragedy sort of emotionally overcome or reflect on what they felt around that time. So Acton musicians melted. Um, was really interesting. And this was, of course, unintentional. But in the story, you know, there's a really fun wordplay between the word ice and adult, which um, sound very similar in Korean. 
And it implies this feeling of adults hurting or exploiting and taking from others. And in the music video itself, you see a kid basically, you know, being abused by the adults around him. The moral of the music video sort of implies like, well, look, if everyone could be, you know, less selfish, they could be warmer and we'd all benefit. Right. So it's playing off of this title of Melted. We could just, you know, be less cold, less harsh to each other. We'd all be better together. What is just so funny about this music video, maybe not funny, just tragically coincidental, is that, you know, in hindsight, because of all the corruption that we're sort of uncovering um, around the Sewell Ferry incident, uh, because of the selfish greed to make money out of, you know, perhaps overbearing, overloading the ferry itself and without having a regard for safety regulations and taking uh, no responsibility for the lives that were on board, you're seeing the same parallel between the song and, and this tragedy. Again, is about adults unfortunately taking advantage of uh, a huge group of young people and kids. And I don't know if it helps at all, but the Korean word for ice is orun, is orum, and the Korean and the Korean word for adult is orun, and that's why people find the connection between the two because it's pretty much the difference between an N and an M. Yeah, if that helps at all. Yeah, it definitely helps. Thank you. one sort of reaction that we saw in a lot of K-pop music videos sort of just coincidentally being at that same time. But we also saw a few, uh, I think, very angry uh, responses to what happened in K-pop. Yeah, Peter, one of those songs that we actually found in regards to that was FX's Red Light, again, another SM group. And uh, the songwriter for the lyrics, I mean, if you go online, you look up the lyrics, you can pretty much see it. But their, their songwriter openly stated that it was written to criticize the incident and it was released just a mere few months after the incident happened. Right. And if you listen to the song, just the instrumental part of it, the selection of the different sounds that they put in there, there's a slow bottom bass, there's like a C6 synth, which, feel, which conveys feelings both of being caught in a bad place as well as feeling angry. Yeah. And as the song goes on, it picks up in energy. It just it gives you that feeling of chasing for the escape. Right. right. I think what always stands out to me is when um, there's that sample in the song where they go like, hold it, hold it. And then it mm-hmm. goes really fast. Hold it, hold this feeling of like desperation, okay, let's all run, mm-hmm. which the songwriter openly said that yeah. this was, you know, in response to the tragedy itself. But in terms of putting us from the perspective of being aboard that that ferry. I mean, that's just Mm -hmm. a very uh, emotionally conflicting feeling. Yeah. And then there are also some parts of the song too. Like there's a section of the lyrics where it says something along the lines of, open your eyes wide, stop the collision from happening. You're going to be a witness to change. So that could kind of be like, as well as an open call out. Yeah. What what the people in charge of the ferry or the crew or the captain could have done to prevent those young innocent lives from being lost instead of the poor negligent handling that they went with yeah yeah and i might even interpret that also to maybe be a call to challenge authority 
Yes. Right. Yes. You know, just because mm-hmm. everyone's telling you to stay in place, does that always make the most sense? Mm-hmm. So I actually didn't realize, and I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed since I, I wrote this article after Red Light was out and I had never heard and never, I didn't stumble upon it when I was researching my article, which is weird because it was one of the only ones that someone came out and said was about uh, Say Well. So I was kind of excited. Uh, Red Light's such a good song and now it has a deeper meaning to me. And I, I opened up the lyrics when I found out earlier today, we were going to be talking about it. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is literally just like all about it. I don't know. I, I was yeah. really impressed with the songwriter and even more, really, I give a lot of props to SM for allowing this song to be published. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's very nature. It's very controversial, right? And to have the, the guts, the risk, to be willing to take the risk to, you know, confront something so directly. I mean, that's not something that everyone can do, especially if you're a big incumbent label. You have a lot to lose in that case. So another one that I think very strongly directly references the tragedy, it's none other than BAP. And we know them for always challenging authority in in a lot of their songs. But in one of their B-sides, the song called Ribbon in the Sky, Mm -hmm. um, the lyrics seem to suggest that uh, not only not to forget the Seawolf Fairy tragedy, but the uh, ribbon lyrics refer to the yellow ribbon used to commemorate the victims and the rest of the lyrics seem to be anger directed at the media who are presenting uh, inaccurate reports of what was happening, you know, at that moment, as well as those who were trying to cover up all the, you know, leaps over red tape and, and, uh, and safety regulation, which uh, likely led to the incident. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the overall sentiment toward the president, this feeling of what happened during these seven hours. Why wasn't, you know, our leadership more involved? But the other day, the day that they actually lifted the ferry, there was a cloud shape and that was like, there was a cloud in the shape of a ribbon in Korea. Oh. And, and people like really saw that as a sign. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, actually. I, I did see a uh, screenshot of it. Actually, uh, one of our, uh, Rodri of mm-hmm. the uh, of the K-pop show actually uh, tweeted that to me yep. and he pointed that out to me, just that very image. It, it's, so, mm-hmm. it's sort of like this divine sign, mm-hmm. you know, that these things are tied together. Yeah, it was kind of random, but it, cool. But the, definitely the ribbon, the yellow ribbon is such an iconic symbol now in Korea because of Seoul. Yeah. Red Light and BAP were both, I think, a bit more abrasive in the sound in mm-hmm. terms of like how the, the music sounded. And it, it seemed to be a little more anger charged in terms of at least that's how I interpreted at least the sound of the song there is a jazzy Christmas song oh (laughs) which goes along this very same theme but it sounds very different and it's uh Yoon Jung Shin's Anyway It's Christmas and it's a very powerful animation it's a cartoon animation Mm. which starts by showing all the yellow ribbons which we all know which is meant to represent those affected by the tragedy and we see that same yellow color throughout this entire cartoon animation often showing and reflecting the collective souls of the korean people throughout the way that this cartoon uh, music video 
was orchestrated, it shows that this was the impetus, the starting point for starting protests. It starts with yellow ribbons, candles for the souls, and then torches into protests mm. against uh, against the president. And, uh, and maybe what else uh, the Korean people are rebelling against with the government at that time. It's funny. So the whole song, you know, it, it tracks this moment in history. And this was recorded, I think, just right before Christmas 2016. And it's such a funny dichotomy because you have protest, corruption, and political change. And it's this jazzy Christmas song. And the title of the song is, well, anyway, it's Christmas. <laughs> is such a legendary producer and singer-songwriter in Korea that like he just can do whatever he wants and it still has like that political tint to it like I'm gonna make a Christmas yeah. carol and it's gonna be super political okay <laughs> yeah but I mean props to him right you know for having the courage to do something like that yeah know? I mean he's I, mean, I wouldn't say he's so big that he can't fail in Korea anymore but like he doesn't have to worry about anything ever again and he can pretty much do what he wants yeah so another song that you know, going along with this theme of, okay, this tragedy happened in the past and we're now all trying to get over, you know, what it means to be separated from our loved ones. Uh, one song that I think everyone, at least in the K-pop scene, seems to always remember mm-hmm. is The Ark's The Light. Yes. And it was posted, I think, very close to one year after the tragedy itself. And it was from the point of view of a mother who makes, you know, a lot of these sacrifices to uh, provide a life, a livelihood for her daughter. And Mm -hmm. the beginning of the music video shows her, you know, taking care, waking up early, um, you know, preparing lunch for her daughter, uh, working hard. And the daughter, you know, she's on this bus ride to school on the school trip. And we discover that uh, the daughter dies Mm -hmm. on the bus. And the way the mother reacts to it, it's just like many of the family and loved ones, uh, surviving loved ones who were affected by the tragedy, uh, may have responded to the the ferry incident. It, it's such a sad song because you see at the beginning of the music video a mother uh, working so hard, right? And then on the second half, she now has, you know, perhaps a little more time and resources to provide for her daughter who is no longer there. Mm-hmm. And the mother, you know, we see at the beginning of the music video, the daughter really wanted this backpack. She finally gets that backpack, as well as prepares the offerings of her favorite mm-hmm. food for her um, in the wake of her death. And I think the song is especially tragic as the lyrics themselves. If you listen to the song, it sounds like a happy song. Because when yeah. I first heard about the song, I was listening to it without watching the music. And I'm like, oh, this is not a song one would first think of in mm-hmm. terms of responding to the Subal Ferry incident. But it's sort of making more tragedy out of the fact that you can't have these things yeah so the lyrics themselves say let's lean on each other let's hold hands you know even when the world turns against you uh we're together for life Mm -hmm. and that's just so sad because you no longer have that partner you no longer have that daughter that that life partner to be with you so the moral that that music video seems to be about you know don't take those trivial uh moments 
for granted because mm-hmm. even though you know this daughter who may be seemingly frustrated over her mother for you know being overly protective <laughs> or wanting these things to be done in the right way it's like well Worrying she does it because she cares about you and yeah. and don't for you know don't don't neglect to you know cherish these moments mm-hmm. while this may be a, like a really happy sounding song if you actually listen really really closely you can hear in the background um the sound of my heart shattering and uh, me sobbing very violently in the background just add a little on to that peter i mean it's definitely if you if you just listen to the song like just purely on the audio it's more like it, it sounds pretty upbeat and not to, yeah. to credit, it is but i remember for me when i first watched this video like i didn't draw the connection immediately to the seawall fairy because uh-huh. it was still like kind of fresh in my mind and i guess at that time i didn't really know too much about it yeah but when i just watched this video alone like i was shedding some tears at the end just for the concept of yeah. like a single mother losing her only daughter who was pretty much her reason for living and I remember re- uh, after I did more research and I found out more about the Seawolf Fairy and pretty much the connection to that with this music video and song, I remember I checked out the comments section on the music video and one of the top comments uh, was taking into account the lyrics and how the music video, it goes through the first verse and then the chorus and then right after the chorus is when it has that break where it shows you know the accident, everything happening, the song stops. And then it picks up with the second verse where we see the mom by herself now. Mm-hmm. This commenter wrote how you could kind of look at it as a perspective that the first verse was the mom singing to the daughter. And then the second verse was the daughter singing oh, back to the mom from yeah. from beyond the grave. Like, don't worry, even though I'm not there with you physically, we're still together in this for life. Like, you hear that that phrase throughout the whole song, we're in this for life. So... I thought that was an interesting perspective to take a look at that. Yeah. Going along that line, Matt, it's funny you were talking about how, you know, maybe this written from the, this, the latter half is written from the perspective of the uh, deceased daughter, mm-hmm. right? So there was another song written, I think, along those same lines. So there is uh, Lucid Falls Still There, Still Here, which is another very delicate song. And it has lyrics written from what seems to be the perspective of the deceased friend or family or lover who's sort of like looking down upon the surviving loved ones. So some of the lyrics include, hope you're doing well, look up, you know, can you see me smiling? I'm flying with the eternal yellow butterfly wings. Again, yellow being, again, this common theme that a lot of people are associating with, you know, the victims of the Seawolf Ferry incident. The lyrics conclude saying, before spring comes again, Promise me that you won't fall down and please survive, right? So it's this soul that's carrying on, looking down on you who may be very sad having, you know, been separated by a friend. Mm -hmm. But the soul is saying, hey, you know what? Don't worry. I'm in a happy place. 
you know, look up, you can see me smiling, and I'm waving down at you. And don't commit suicide. <laughs> we'll, we'll enjoy the spring later. Don't fall down. Please survive. Mm. So that was another strong one that, that resonated me. <laughs> Perhaps going to one that uh, maybe we all know. If you're in K-pop, you probably know this one. And it's uh, BTS. Spring Day. And we have a whole episode on this. We have a whole podcast episode just on this uh, this song. <laughs> yes, we do. But uh, Matt, maybe for those who you know who haven't heard that episode, what, what's the quick rundown on, on how that's related to the Seal Fairy? Uh, well, the connection that we could draw with this, uh, the quick TLDR for those who may not know, the lyrics and the connection can be made that is possibly you could look at it as being in reference to a friend who died on the Seawall Fairy tragedy. And we all age and mature at different rates, but regardless of the different paths that you may take in life, you will all eventually meet back up together in the end. Right. So I think it's very similar to this, you know, other indie song that we that we saw. Right. It's like, look, we may be separated by different lives, like different life spans. Right. Mm-hmm. But don't cut things early. We'll all get there in the end. see what else was there there was the arc uh, we didn't discuss the like zico's songs oh yeah um let's do that did you want to introduce that one mark uh yeah sure this is less so the actual song lyrics or anything but zico released his solo songs tough cookie and well done and each time the songs were four minutes long and 16 seconds to commemorate sewol like the ship passing on april 16th so 4 16 and it, it wasn't just an accident. He dedicated the songs to them and um, he tweeted the time codes so that fans were aware that this is something that he was doing and not just like something that he wanted people to discover. It was a very, he was very adamant <laughs> that people should know these songs are memorials for the Sewol victims, even though the content wasn't about them. He also um, attended one of the funerals of a Sewol victim and dedicated uh-huh. a rap to her at a concert um, yeah. be, that she had planned to attend. So that was really interesting because a lot of artists, a lot of people were looking to the art and this artist was trying to incorporate this tragedy into the art that he had already planned. I liked that, that four minute, 16 second thing. I think it, it was really classy. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if I would usually describe Seagull's Tough Cookie as classy, but <laughs> I, I just liked that he like put that reference in there. So like, I think it was well done without having to go out of his way to make a memorial because maybe he wasn't feeling it and it could 
come off as feeling fake, but doing it this way kind of ensure that it's if you're looking, you can find it. 2008년 이효리의 유고거리 히트칠 때 시작된 김성희의 홀로 서기 청소기 설거지 용돈 벌기 무엇하나 익숙치 않은 채로 떨어진 여기 서울 살아 남기 프로젝트 여전히 전쟁 더 fight without knife 그 사이 터득했던 방법 원 다이나믹 마이크 잡생각들이 많아지는 건 깔깔이 못 봤던 내 친구들은 잘 알아 It's the hard knock life and time flies Yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't always have to I mean, just because it maybe responding to you know a tragedy or a national issue it doesn't always have to be spelled out or wholly directly related to it on the upfront or on mm -hmm. the super uh, on the surface but you know for those who are looking this is a very genuine way to directly acknowledge it and uh and say something about it so there was also another more indie very delicate song and this one i, I thought was interesting it was actually recorded in english and it's Z Ann's permanent marker. So it was written from the perspective of someone whose lover or family member who was a casualty of the Civil Ferry incident. Mm. And it sort of recaps a text exchange that the surviving member had with a member who was on the boat and how that person wasn't able to answer back at that moment and to this day still isn't able to answer back. This song, I think, you know, presents uh, a strong emotional response in terms of like, well, this is the effect that it's had on my life. You who are no longer here, you who are no longer able to respond is having a permanent burn. Uh, or in the lyrics of the song, the blood red burning permanent marker on my life. So I thought that's another delicate song. If you're looking to, you know, Feel that emotion and reflect on those feelings. I mean, this is a good one for it. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a lot of the texts. I don't remember if it was all of them, but a lot of the texts that people were pulling out turned out to be fake. Um, there were some that, like, screenshots that were going around the media for a while after the oh, very yeah. end. And it turned out that they weren't real, um, which was kind of even more traumatic. So I was wondering right. if the blood red burning permanent marker was kind of a symbolic of like this is something really horrible and tragic and now you've made it 20 times worse because you faked like the last oh, moments yeah. of these people's lives yeah like it's not just blood it's not just red it's burning and permanent and something you can't like undo yeah that adds another layer i i think that's definitely a very likely interpretation of what yeah, zian sure. was probably trying to say with her song Mm -hmm. So these are just a few examples, right? And I'm sure there are many more for those who are looking for it, right? In terms of here's a tragedy and here is how music will respond in kind uh, to that tragedy, right? So what do you guys think? Um, I, I mean, in terms of uh, does K-pop have a role? in the wake of a tragedy yes, <laughs> I, yes. I, I, like, I, I don't know how to not respond to that because i'm just like yeah. of course it's it's music it's art it might not be the music or art that other people think music and art should be but yeah um, i think definitely and I, I think we've been seeing that a lot more recently since seoul since the political upheaval in korea there's there's kind of been a little bit of a a shift in the music that's coming out of korea recently not all for yeah. it. Maybe uh, how I should should have framed this question is: Should K-pop have a role in the wake of a tragedy? 
I mean, I'm inclined to say yes. Like, I think it, it really helps people think about, you know, what this actually means to them. It allows、mm-hmm. people to sort of digest and internalize those feelings in a different way and reflect on, upon yeah, them. For sure.、Uh, not just with K pop, but I think in general, one thing that we could all probably agree on is that music itself, and especially art, music being art,、yeah. it's a universal language. It doesn't matter like, what language you speak, whether it's Korean, English, we can all connect through that medium. I mean, music is. Something that you just naturally have an emotional tie to, regardless of whatever kind of song it is that you listen to, what genre it could be. You could be listening to something happy, you could be listening to something that'll get you emotional. You listen to something that, for example, with the Seawall Fairy, something that you listen to that helps you to remember or to honor and cherish those you may have lost. I mean, you can always make any kind of connection when it comes to music. And with K pop, especially, I mean, I'm also inclined to say yes because. Again, music is your art. It's one of the ways that people can easily express how they're feeling.、Yeah. If they're not able to outright just talk about it or say it, sometimes you gotta sing it out. You gotta cope and release through your art. And for a lot of K pop idols and musicians, K pop is their art. So that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm not a Korean citizen, I don't live in、mm-hmm. Korea. So I, I'm not as embedded in this culture. So I can't actually accurately. Provide that perspective、oh, of,、yeah. a, of a Korean citizen. But I i do feel like the music and the response to it was sort of a call to action、mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And that's that may have been why we've seen this change in leadership、um, in Korea right now. Yeah, especially for the youth, because I i mean, I can't speak to all the years before, but I feel like in recent years, especially going along with the trends of how a lot of the K pop idols and groups are just starting to get like, younger, there's this whole shift of a、uh, youth movement. And I can't speak expertly on this, but I feel like up until the last probably four or five years, the youth in Korea didn't really, they weren't as active in how they spoke out about issues as they've been lately. And I think a big part of that has been inspired by the youthful. K pop acts that are doing it through their music. I mean, acts such as BTS, BAP, like these, mu- these musicians and these idols coming out and being so outright and foresight in speaking about these issues is inspiring the Korean youth citizenry to also speak out when they don't like the way that something is happening. Yeah, that's a good perspective, Matt. I'm going to politely disagree with that because Korea does have a history of protests, which a lot of time have been really youth oriented, like the.、Mm. Um, and not just protests, but like Koreans, Koreans like taking to the streets. Like the World Cup was a,、um, like flooded the streets and it was mostly Koreans. I think that was in 2002,、ah. <laughs> I think. I wrote a paper on this in college and now I clearly don't remember it.、Um, but they have a lot of protests and there, there was one a few years ago about the film industry. And, but I think. I think you're right that it's been something that we haven't seen for a while. I just think the political state hasn't been there. And I think that K pop, more than perhaps motivating the youth, has, is, it's part of the youth. So it's kind、mm. of going at the same time. Like we've been seeing a lot more musicians addressing mental health issues at the、yeah. same time that mental health issues are being raised more publicly in Korean society. Like it's on television shows, there are now characters with. Not just like crazy things like multiple, multiple personalities, but there's people who are struggling from anxiety and depression. And, and that's something that wasn't part of the public discussion for a long time. Yeah. And I think K pop's reflecting that, and youth culture in Korea is reflecting that. And, and K pop has always been very closely linked to youth culture in Korea. I, 
I actually just wrote an article that had something about this. So like, I'm trying to be very careful about what I say and not like to quote what I'm about, what I said in my article. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But, but like K-pop's beginnings came at a time when Korean's youth society was changing. There was a a lot of upheaval because of financial issues and, Mm. and everything about K-pop has kind of gone that way. Like, however the youth in Korea are doing, K-pop's been that way. If things are good, it's good. If not, it's bad. And I feel like that's very simplistic outsider perspective, but it, it seems to be true. Like, you don't want... And it, a music industry is not going to do good if everybody's really depressed and you're not saying anything about it. Like, you need to That's accurately true. reflect the culture that you're within. And K-pop, yeah. I think, has done a really good job. Let me say that again. K-pop has done almost enough to, to do that. I, I think mm-hmm. that if you want to really know what Korean musicians think about Korean society, go listen to some indie artists. That'll be far more reflecting of what the culture and what's actually going on right now. Like... I know somebody put this in in the sheet we were going to talk about, but like Sani's bad year was essentially a call out against the president. Like, yeah, it it was bad. Bad year sounds a lot like the word for bitch in Korean. So, like, it, there was no like nothing subtle about that. And <laughs> and that's I don't think we would have seen it maybe five years ago from a relatively mainstream hip hop artist, but we but we did see it ten years ago from Epic High when they were still already well known, but not entirely mainstream but i don't Mm. think we'd see it right now if that makes sense Mm -hmm. kind of like k-pop does what it can and it reflects the culture but it's not gonna be super radical overnight most of the time sometimes it will like bap's new music video um was full of diversity and about like really difficult topics so that was cool but i also think that reflected you know it is this question right like you know how much is the cause for the other Mm-hmm. Right, and and I I imagine it's all as tomorrow is what you're saying. It's a lot of give and take, and a lot of uh, sort of reflection of each other. Yeah, I think. I mean, art's not made in a vacuum, and yeah, and society, society. When art flourishes, usually society it's a sign that society is flourishing. So I think it's always a great. I think it's it's kind of parallel. It might not necessarily be A causes B, but right. I think that A and B often go hand in hand together, and. You were saying before that we, you hadn't seen for quite a while that like K-pop was coming out and saying this sort of K-pop wasn't really having content that was like critical of the government or anything. I think that was just that period of time in Korea was pretty stable. Like there wasn't a yeah. lot of issues yeah. in the early days of Puck and Hayes, uh, like rain, her rain, her, her term. <laughs> <laughs> I see um, what you did there. I uh, was, I was really, I was literally just read this like really long article from the Guardian about Queen Elizabeth's funeral arrangements. Like it uh-huh. was like a, a a ten page article about what the plans are for when the Queen dies, and so I've just been thinking about that all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a was it girls girls' day uh, female president? Not who was it? Was it? Yeah, it was day? Girls' Day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great yeah. song. Oh my gosh. I was listening to it all night on election night and I got really sad when I <laughs> Yeah, for the US election, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I, and- I mean, like in Korea, right? Like th- that song came out sort of to commemorate the female mm-hmm. president. And then, sort of ironically, it also yeah. got high in the charts again <laughs> on her way out. At the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I mean, the lyrics of that song don't really have to do with a female president, but they do. I think they do say at one point, I'd have to like double check the lyrics, but they do say at one point, like, we have a female president and like a girl can like get a kiss if she wants or something like that. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. what it was exactly. Yeah, so not, yeah. I thought it was very funny that it like kind of welcomed her in and also, bye bye. Um, that's a good song. The real strength and the real benefit of, you know, having K pop sort of react to this like you know this natural phenomena this cultural phenomena that we see is that it, it focuses i think uh, largely on the the emotional uh reaction to what we're seeing and and so you know i whenever i look at you know these different uh songs or, or really art in general right in the wake of a tragedy i'm not expecting art to fully decipher or explain what happened but really more to you know give us the feelings Right mm-hmm. to to think of, to reflect on that. So I think overall, my my hope is that for you, our audience, our listeners, is that we've demonstrated that K-pop goes beyond something that's always superficial, and that it has the possibility to deliver something that's um, you know more profound. And in the case of this uh, issue uh, that we've looked at today of the Sewell Ferry incident. It's there to sort of like help you make sense, to reflect and remember. And it gets us thinking and perhaps acting on what we're feeling too. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's kind of comforting like to be able to go watch a music video that commemorates those people or listen to a song. I don't know. Yeah. I think I really like the idea of healing music and Korea does that really well. And I think that mm-hmm. all of these songs we talked today are like sort of fall into that categorization yeah. of healing songs and healing right. music videos well Tamar, thank you so much for joining us for this i i mean i, I know you're busy between actually doing the world like us westerners good by bringing the hallyu movement i think to a lot of english readers so uh hats off tap it tap it <laughs> tip of the hat to, uh, <laughs> to that so, thanks yeah. i i wish i was as busy as you guys make me sound <laughs> Um, but yeah hopefully hopefully working on some good things and uh look forward to some of my fun articles that are hopefully coming out sometime soon so tomorrow what's the best way for you know our listeners to to find you and and follow your work you can follow me on twitter and instagram at tomorrow right and most of my content goes up on billboard.com there you go be sure to watch out for that guys Mm -hmm. and cult scene also but i've mostly taken kind of an editorial role it's cult scene with a k K k-u-l-t-s-c-e-n-e it's a site dedicated to creative korean content i think is our decided like branding um (laughs) we started it three years ago and we're still kicking nice so please support us yes be sure sure to check them out for more Mm -hmm. conversations like the one we've had today yep all right (laughs) uh supermatic where can people follow you uh, I'm also on Twitter and on Instagram, uh, Supermatic, which is S-O-U-P-E-R-M-A-T-I-C. And uh, coming soon, I'll also be doing dance videos on my YouTube channel under the same name, so peep that. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm, I'm at DJ Peter Lowe, so give me a tweet, give me a holla. And uh, I'm trying to put out more mixtapes, guys, like more, more K-pop <laughs> tunes so people can listen to that, you know, while you're working or whatever. Okay, so thank you for uh, catching us and uh, be sure to uh, follow us in those places. Let us know what you thought, you know, what were your thoughts in, in reaction to a lot of these songs um, in response to the tragedy and uh, this concept of art and K-pop responding uh, mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, you can tweet with the hashtag K-pop cast. Yep.